All audio podcasts for One Team, One Podcast are brought to you by Bank of England Mortgage. Talk to Patrick Michelson at Bank of England Mortgage, 225-939-9878, or visit boesouthernstates.com. That's Bank of England Mortgage, a proud partner of One Team, One Podcast. I'm Dylan Cruz, and you're listening to One Team, One Podcast. What is up, guys? Matt with One Team, One Podcast here. Um, nice little Thursday. We are going to be doing um, live Thursday shows now. So I've made the executive decision. I've set my schedule. It's going to be live shows on Thursday at 6 o'clock. And to hell or high water, we're going to make it happen. Uh, get back in a little bit of a routine. Um, kind of died down a little bit after uh, football season, but we're going to get back into it. Um, got some good topics to talk about tonight. Uh, obviously, if you, um, uh, to take an old Will Wake quote, um, if you've been living under a rock, uh, the hot topic on Twitter today, and really for the last week, has been um, the Dale Brown Court situation. Um, I have some things I want to talk about with that. Um, may not be exactly what you've heard. I've, I've been listening to some majority stuff and of course, Matt Moscona is doing his media campaign on it. Uh, Tim Brando obviously is acting like a complete asshole, uh, everywhere about it. So kind of have my thoughts about, um, not only the renaming because that it's bound to go through tomorrow. Um, if, if it's going to be on the docket, they're going to vote on it. It's done. Um, but then my thoughts on Dale Brown and kind of like the history of LSU basketball um, all the way to Will Wade. I think that's some stuff that we need, probably need to talk about with that. Uh, that's still kind of like lingering. Y'all know I'm a big Will Wade guy. Um, also, we got the big uh, women's basketball game. So they just actually asked uh, Kim Mulkey uh, about the court situation. But they have a, a pretty big basketball game on Sunday. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Not too – I'm not going to go in the – to the weeds with women's basketball like I'm some knowledgeable person, but it's a huge game uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. I think it's um, something we probably need to talk about. And and it's almost like we want to talk about everything other than men's basketball right now. So um, anything that we can talk about before we jump into men's basketball, which is the, uh, the shit show, which is LSU men's basketball, and everybody's still tiptoeing around Mac McMahon, blah, 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 blah. Okay, it's 11 in a row we've lost, and uh, it hasn't been pretty. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Also, uh, the Chris Jackson, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf uh, documentary. I saw that um, a few days ago on Showtime. It's fantastic. I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit with the LSU history, a little bit with Dale Brown. We can kind of go over all that. And then, obviously, we're all waiting for LSU baseball. So we'll, t- we'll dive into all those. Um, I am uh, drinking currently so let me know in the chat 
uh, what you guys have in front of you. If you have a beverage, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. And also like and share if you can. I would appreciate that. Like us on uh, YouTube if you're watching there. Uh, on uh, Twitter, pl- please share it out. We would appreciate that too. So uh, all of our podcast episodes, are um, our title sponsor is Bank of England Mortgage. It's Patrick Michelson over at Bank of England Mortgage. Um, give him a call. Great guy. 225-810-1805. He'll handle all your mortgage and refi needs over at Bank of England uh, Mortgage. We appreciate Patrick. Also, Lucas Arguso over at River City's Total Maintenance. So it's up and down weather. It kind of gets cold and it gets hot. It gets cold and it gets hot. You need to check your AC work. Uh, get all that checked with Lucas. Give him a call at 504-841-3300. Um, courtesy, Buick GMC. Look at that beautiful, beautiful man right there. Brandon Lejean. I uh, just want to rub his head. Like, dude, it's like right there in front of you. Love Brandon to death. Um, Give him a call. He can look for a vehicle for you. Even if you're in Baton Rouge, New Orleans, give him a call anyway. He can search the vehicle for you, get you a deal. Uh, Let him know the podcast sent you. And then, of course, Fred's in Tigerland. So we appreciate Fred's um, oldest college bar in Tigerland. Uh, oldest college bar in Baton Rouge in general. So give uh, give uh, Fred's a shot one day. Their event venue, they have concerts going on all the time. Go get you a screwdriver at Fred's. And then lastly, Bocock Brothers Cigars. Beacock, I got a hat on right now, actually. Bocock hat. Uh, love uh, Bryant and Doug. Uh, they're in Houston right now with their LSU grads doing great things in the cigar industry. Go to BocockBrothers.com. We appreciate those guys. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, everybody's been talking about it. I'm going to talk about it too. I probably should have had this podcast two days ago because I feel like every time I hear somebody talk, I'm like, you're fucking stealing my thunder at this point. I want to talk about what I want to talk about. Um, so as you know, uh, it's Dale Brown court got named Dale Brown court last year, uh, at the Kentucky game, I believe. Um, and board of supervisors approved it comes over the top this year that, oh, well, there's some sneaky stuff going on and they're trying to rename the court underneath Dale Brown's nose and it's going to be really nasty and it's what a disgrace this is to the great Dale Brown. It's kind of the uh, media campaign that we've been hearing over the last week. Um, Talk to a few people that are probably in the know, but um, it is what it is. I'm a fan. I'm not in media, so I got a mic. I'm like Tim, Tim Brando would say, I'm a fan with a mic. And a YouTube channel. So, uh, whatever. But um, here's my thoughts. Sounds like they tried to rush Dale Brown's name onto the court last year, and they got it done. They rushed it. They didn't go through all the process, but they did it. Now, there is somebody that wants Sue Gunner's name added to the court and did want it last year and now is going through the 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 correct process to get it done. The same cronies will call them that pushed it through the first time are now pissed off. And now they got egg on their face and they are pissed and they're making a loud noises, yelling at clouds, things like that. If you, if you think otherwise, let me know in the chat. Cause I'd love to kind of debate this if I can with somebody, but that's what I'm hearing. And that's kind of the process that I'm seeing play out a little bit, especially on social media and other radio shows and blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't know if anybody's getting paid from these media campaigns, but a lot of people are talking. Um, They're basically the mouthpiece of Dale Brown at this point. And the process 
of all of this is the thing that you probably should be upset about. From what I hear, it was a birthday party or a birthday lunch and like Collis Temple and President Tate took Dale Brown to lunch and to butter him up. And then all of a sudden at the end said, hey, by the way, we're going to be naming the changing the court name or we have it coming up on the board of supervisors to change the court name as the cake comes out. Candles are, you know, candles are getting blown out, things like that. Uh, if I can imagine um, how it would go down. But um, obviously, he's not happy about that. And he wants his name on the court. He got his name on the court. And now to change it after you did it does look stupid. Um, but what I'm going to tell you is like, karma's a bitch, bro. Karma's a bitch. And I'm going to take a little bit of a different side and I'm going to bring an equation into this that probably other people haven't been doing, but I feel so strongly about this that you fucked over Will Wade. It's going to come out in about a week that Will Wade's going to get off scot-free. LSU basketball is not going to have any sanctions or anything like that. Will Wade's going to be coaching somewhere next year, possibly Ole Miss. Um, LSU's in the middle of an 11-game losing streak. Um, no. Uh, no silver lining in sight at this point. The, you know, you brought in the 11th ranked recruiting class last year, the number 17th ranked portal class last year. This year you have a four star coming in, um, another swing player. That's it. Um, nobody, everybody's want to give Matt, Matt McMahon a shot. That's it's kind of not what I'm talking about here, but things are looking Things look like shit like right now for LSU basketball. Well, let's go back about three years ago when the whole Will Wade drama started. And if you remember, guys like Pat Forty, guys like Dick Vitale were yelling at the clouds like they do. Um, there was some rumor about was Dale Brown part of this media like circus there is some animosity between Dale Brown and Will Wade, and there was. The problem that I always found with that is that Dale Brown and Will Wade were basically the same guy. And I'm a child of the 80s. Uh, I remember watching the 86 basketball team. I was eight years old. I watched the 86 basketball team. Don Redden was my favorite player. John Williams, uh, Ricky Blanton, all those guys. I loved that team. Um, Dale Brown had the same demeanor as Will Wade. He was fiery. He was motivating. He wasn't the X's and O's guru, kind of like Wade. Everybody complained about his X's and O's. I um, He hated the NCAA. Uh, recruiting tactics uh, were very... Uh, you know, they paid players. Got busted. Dale Brown got busted for paying players. Just like Will Wade. We paid Lester Earl. Lester Earl came clean. Johnny Jones was the bag man. Guess who we hires? Guess who we hire a couple coaches later? Johnny Jones. My problem that I'm seeing is that one guy did it, then got mad at the other guy for being brash and probably kicked him out of practice one day or some crap happened 
behind the scenes that we don't really know. Pissed off the old guy. He goes and tells his friends there's a witch hunt for Will Wade. Obviously, Will Wade did what he did. And, I mean, you can't be caught on tape saying anything. You're gonna, It's a witch hunt. They're going after a guy. You got you got scapegoated in this whole thing. Should have never said anything to the NCAA. Scott Woodward should have never said anything to the NCAA. It would have been a big nothing burger. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. I don't like the fact that we're now celebrating one guy and firing the other for doing the exact same thing. I know how long Dale Brown coached for. I loved all those teams. I loved that era. I, I mean – Hell, I got a Shaquille O'Neal jersey right over there. Like, I loved it. But I remember what we did to get those guys. And it's okay. Um, In the chat, I don't like uh, naming courts or fields after some former coach. Do you rename it when you, when someone, when another person wins a national championship? Name the stadium facility and that's it. I, I agree with that. I think this is, um, this is all bull. Who cares? And that's the name of this podcast episode. Who cares court? Who cares? Bryant Gunner Court sounds great. I saw on Twitter today, Bryant Denny Stadium. I'm fine with it. Who cares? Move on. I understand sticking up for Dale Brown if you're a fan or if you're a friend, but at some point, let's move on. We have been in a three-year negative media cycle for LSU basketball. And guess where we're at? Guess where we're at right now? We're at the bottom of college basketball right now. The bottom. We were way up here. Elite eights were coming. I mean, we were, we're at one. But we're now we're at the bottom. And there's no end in sight. Because people don't want to leave this shit alone. Tim Brando is out of freaking control on social media. In one in one breath, he'll say Dale Brown deserves it. In another breath, he'll say Dale Brown deserves it more than Sue Gunner. And at that point, bro, get a life. No, Sue Gunner may not have done as, as much for LSU sports as Dale Brown, but dude, the lady's passed away. If somebody wants to name a court after her and it gets approved, get out of the freaking way, bro. Who are you? If you had my laurels, it'd be freaking Pokey Chapman court. Poke the Wade slash Chapman court. How about that? Does that make everybody warm and fuzzy? Probably not. Anyway, I thought this was a huge overreaction by the media. National and local. I don't know how this came about with Tim Brando, Jeffrey Marks, Matt Moscona. Like, the outrage, the pearl clutching of what we're doing here. I get it. It didn't look like it. It didn't. The process wasn't followed. But to, like, just the name calling. And basically, you're trying to say that Dale Brown's getting disrespected. But in the process, you're disrespecting Sue Gunner. Like, it's stupid. All this is dumb. All this is just created negative attention on LSU. Whether you like it or not. Like, just move out of the way. Big boys are talking. They're in the room. Let them do what they want to do. If they screw something up, that's fine. 
Um, in the meantime, we're getting our ass kicked on the basketball floor, by the way. So I know you guys would rather talk about court namings and all that, but how about we talk about the shit show that's actually on the floor? Like, it's ridiculous. And if you guys can't tell, I talked about this a few weeks ago, but if you can't tell the difference in the way this team played at the beginning of the year compared to the way they're playing now, I don't know what to tell you. I was listening to some uh, radio people today talking about, well, it doesn't look like they gave up yet. What are you watching? They look like a team that quit to me. They um, beat Arkansas, played Kentucky close, lose by three, get completely bullied by Texas A&M, and the wills fell off. That looks like a team that quit. I'm watching Wake Forest beat uh, North Carolina the other day. We beat Wake Forest. You're seeing Kansas State having a really great season this year. Maybe a top three or two seed in the tournament. You know, we could have we could have easily beat them in a preseason tournament. This isn't the same team anymore. Not even close. Uh, you have to start looking at Matt McMahon. I, I heard I heard a few comments about that today. Like, maybe we still need to give him a little bit of a chance. Yeah, you give him the rest of the year, obviously, but then next year he's going to bring bring in his own guys. And if you finish six and twelve next year or something like that, he's on the freaking hot seat. This is on Woodward at this point, especially if Will Wade's coaching again. This is the blackest eye ever. Got to write this ship. The negative media attention is not doing any good for anybody. Move the freak on. Get over it. It's going to be Brown Gunner Court by tomorrow. And move on. It's a nothing burger. It's not going to be as big of a deal as you think it's going to be. Dale Brown's still on the freaking floor. It's all right. But let's stop with the whole, the whole Dale Brown um, – is the greatest thing ever media circus. He went to two Final Fours. He brought in a lot of good players. Hell, when he retired, I believe he was this he was the second winningest coach in SEC basketball history behind Adolph Rupp. He's got a lot of great things. But I guarantee you, if you talk to a lot of people that are my age, they're going to, first thing they think of a Dale Brown is they're going to think of Chris Jackson, Stanley Roberts, Shaquille O'Neal, and losing in the round of 32 to Georgia Tech and Kenny Anderson. That's, I remember that vividly. Obviously, he did great things here, but let's not make him out to be some like pioneer of the game. Yes, he left us with a dumpster fire of a program that John Brady had to rebuild just like Matt McMahon's trying to do right now. The Lester Earl debacle was out of control. So I heard John Brady today. I'd love to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to talk to coach and see if I can get him on um, one day. I don't think he's going to say anything differently, but he's got a lot of parallels to what this Matt McMahon team is having to go through as far as you know 
started from complete scratch with the roster. I think he won two SEC games his first year. It's a very fun team to watch. I can tell you the difference between that team and this team that we're watching now is they played with heart and like effort. You couldn't out effort those guys. They played hard. They just were never, they did not belong on the floor at all. I still think we have some talent. There's a lot of these guys that won 30 something games at um, Murray state last year. I know it's not the SEC, but there's still some talent there. You can't tell me that KJ Williams isn't talented. Adam Miller was a, you know, all big 10 guy as a freshman third team. He, he, they're not playing right now. They're not playing hard. They've given up. It's okay to say it. It's okay to criticize Matt McMahon. Okay. So getting off my little tangent on, um, the court naming and LSU basketball, a uh, huge game at South Carolina to saw, um, Don Staley on sports center talking about it. Um, South Carolina is like, of course they've been in the you know, top five of women's basketball for the last, you know, I guess five to five to seven years, I believe Don Staley's been there running that thing. Um, very dominant senior laden, a lot of depth, all that. I think it will be a, t- a very tough place to play. I'm sure Kim Mulkey and Don Staley don't really like each other. Um, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be a great Sunday viewing. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be, glued to that locally here uh from one to three um little pre-kick action for the super bowl i like that um so really looking forward to that i think this team is is probably i've seen i mean i think all of locally hadn't watched women's basketball in a few years and now all of a sudden we all feel like we're experts on women's basketball all of a sudden (laughs) so we probably watch more women's basketball than we ever would this year um i even saw some stamp stanford and yukon and some of these other teams play lsu can play with any of those teams um i kind of think lsu can make it to to, to the final four at least and kind of go from there um a team like this with uh south carolina might be have a lot more depth than lsu you might see maybe some uh some different styles that we've had to play so far because we haven't played a team like this obviously all year, uh, which has been one of the knocks on LSU was their strength of schedule. So we'll see that. Um, it'll be fun to see Kim Mulkey and Dawn Staley go at it. I would like to see some uh, angry faces at each other. Maybe we can, I don't know, maybe yelling at each other. I'd love to see that. A little precursor to the Super Bowl. Would love that. Um Chris Jackson documentary. Let me know in the chat if you've seen it. It's on Showtime. Um, Mahmoud Abdoro, if I should say. Um, I'm always going to butcher that. Um, great documentary. Uh, it, it went in, obviously, it was called uh, um, Stand. Um, and it was about his um, sitting for the national anthem. That was what it really ended up being about. But it goes into a lot of his journey as a, you know, a youth at, in Gulfport all the way to LSU. Uh, talks about Tourette syndrome a lot and what he had to go through, um, um, not only in college, but when he got to the NBA. Um, a lot about his high school years, things like that. But then, he, of course, he converted to Islam, changed his name when he was at the Nuggets, went through some weight issues, um, 
the most fascinating part of that documentary that I found was there was a doctor that um, was talking to him about his Tourette syndrome and basically helped him along like in high school, even with it. Um, he talked later on about, about Chris Jackson at the time saying that the Tourette's may have actually helped him become a better basketball player because he was dealing with so much OCD perfection. Every time he would do something, he would have to like do it again, shoot, shoot, shoot to always make it perfect. That repetition and that practice made him obviously a better player. Um, but without that Tourette syndrome, he may not have had to do that in his mind. Um, crazy to think about, especially shooting free throws. I think about that. Like I think it was a time where he had like he hit like 283 free throws in a row. Um, can't do that without practice and repetition, obviously. So I thought it was a fascinating documentary. Go check it out on Showtime called Stand. Um, really great stuff. Obviously it goes into, you know, when he's, um, he basically gets blackballed out, out of the NBA, um, uh, for his stance on the national anthem. And this was like way before Kaepernick, obviously, but then also he has some things about nine 11 that he talked about think, you know, it was just, it kind of got out of a hand for, for him, I think, and a little too much and nobody really wanted to touch that probably PR nightmare at that point. So I think he went, it, they don't talk about this, but he went on to uh, European basketball after that. Um, and then now he came back and he's actually a skill development coach um, for, I think the Warriors. So uh, go check it out on Showtime called Stand. Uh, might be, well, he's not might be. He's the greatest, he's the greatest um, LSU basketball player I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen Shaq. Obviously, I haven't seen Pete Maravich. Um, I know for people that I have, they're probably going to see Pete Maravich. He was my Pete Maravich. Chris Jackson could just take over a game, crossover, top of the key, three-pointer, boom, in your face, over and over and over and over. <laughs> and if you get up too close to him, he'll take you off the dribble, reverse layup. And it was just a nonstop scoring machine was Chris Jackson. Um, if you don't know, if you're, if you're younger and you haven't seen him, go check out highlights. Cause he was amazing. Um, and they talk a little bit about his weight. Like he, he may have, uh, gained a little weight and lost weight back and forth. And he said his, his optimal playing weight, he, he was actually too heavy in, in college. So he wished he was a little bit lighter in college. Um, yeah, and, it, and I think a lot of that had to do with the Tourette's medicine he was taking. So go check it out. Uh, stand on uh, Showtime. Um, all right, go shift a little bit back to men's basketball before I get off of that. Um, they had some recruits come in last year. Uh, I think you got Jalen Reed, you got Tyrell Ward, Sean Phillips. Uh, it's a Tyrell Ward was a five star. Uh, Reed and Phillips both four stars. They were the number 11th ranked recruiting class in the country. Uh, for people that say we don't have anybody, just number 11. It could be worse. You could have had the number 30th. Get the number 11. My question was always, why aren't these guys on the floor? Why aren't they being developed? What's going on? 
red alert, right? You already started with zero guys. Moani came back. Um, uh, Juice Williams came back. So you had some guys that at least came back from the original lineup, but then you had to go get all these transfers. But you had this great recruiting class. We were all stoked. We were like, wow, look at these guys. They're get, he's getting guys. He, Matt McMahon can recruit some guys. Well, I've heard from some people that these recruits don't have a very high IQ. Basketball IQ, I should say. And they may have been the leftover guys from a recruiting cycle that they had to just get some guys. And they brought them in. Um, They're struggling. Tyro Ward played a little bit last night, but he just doesn't look like a five-star by any means. He was the number... I want to say 34th ranked player out of high school last year. Guys, that ain't it. So I, I'm tired of hearing the excuses for this basketball team. There were guys that got brought in. Either you misevaluated them or they, they're not being developed. One or the other, and that both falls on the coaching staff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry the the hand that you were dealt, but you are going to have to take some blame for this. It's, it's a business, guys. It's okay to criticize. I would love to see them get better, but right now they're not. None, nobody can score on the team. Um, I've heard there's some bad apples, possibly. Uh, there's a lot of shit talking going on behind the scenes uh, with the, the players to coaching staff, things like that. So sounds like a team that's in turmoil, which isn't a great sign for a first-year coach that's having to deal with all the things that Matt McMahon had to deal with. So keep it in mind as you keep watching LSU shit show of a basketball season. Let's move on to LSU baseball, shall we? Uh, this um, It's coming up here pretty soon. Uh, not this weekend, but next. Uh, Western Michigan, the powerhouse baseball program of Western Michigan out of Kalamazoo coming into Alex box. Um, very excited for baseball season. I think everybody is tired of hearing about LSU basketball when women's basketball, no offense to women's basketball. They're great. But when women's basketball is the best thing going on in, uh, February, (laughs) we really need baseball. Um, the court naming, we can drop all that crap off. Like, baseball season's here. So I feel like everybody's going to really gravitate towards baseball this year more than ever. Uh, First of all, that we're uh, ranked number one in every publication, but we just need it so bad. Uh, Now, I am really looking forward to the first midweek game that we lose to a team that we shouldn't lose to and the the melt that will happen across LSU. Um, when we lose a midweek game, but I uh, can't wait for that. I just I live by that stuff. Um, very much look, still looking forward to a batting lineup. And I had, uh, I remember, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I had a podcast and we had um, put out right before the podcast a projected batting lineup. It was by Glenn West at 247 had put it out. And his projected batting lineup had, I believe it was Pearson leading off Trey Morgan second, followed by Cruz and White. And I was really concentrating on the top four. I was um, – I, for one, am tired of seeing Dylan Cruz leading off. 
um, and hitting with nobody on base. And I feel like that's been his entire career here. Um, he hadn't had any guys on for him pretty much the entire time. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm just tired of seeing it. Like, I feel like you have a loaded enough lineup to where you can move this guy to the three hole. He's a three hole hitter. People that are saying that he's not a three hole hitter, that that's just crazy. That's, I don't care what the analytics are telling you. I know he's going to get a little bit more of as many at bats as possible as a one guy, but like, man, if you're leading off with nobody on base and you hit a home run, that's a wasted opportunity. Somebody could have got a walk. I'm going to get hit on, hit by a pitch right before him. Get on base. Even as a two guy, I'd take that before a one. Um, so it sounds like they're going to lead him off again. He's going to be the one hole. And I told one guy on Twitter that every time, you know, he was adamant about how he needed to be in the one, you know, leading off, uh, I'm adamant about the three hole. And you're not going to change my mind about it. It's going to be probably a forever baseball debate. But, um, and there's a lot of forever baseball debates, by the way. But I told this guy I was going to um, tag him every time he um, hits a double or a leadoff home run this year or an extra base hit leading off with nobody on base. I'm probably going to tag him. Um, then I also told him, you know, if, if, if Cruz is leading off, I swear to God, if I see Alex Malazzo in the nine hole, I will riot. I will go in front of Alex Box Stadium and riot. I will protest. I will put signs up. We'll get a crew. We'll get some guys. We'll have signs. We'll picket Alex Box Stadium. Cruz has to have guys in front of him. And I saw a couple of little projected lineups. Maybe you have Dugas, a nine. You kind of move Malazzo out of there or Neal's hitting or whatever you wanted to do. But, like, get some guys. If it's going to be Cruz leading off, whatever. But your eight and nine guys got to get on base. They have to get on base. It's run production that you're losing if they're not on base. Um, so still looking forward to seeing that. I want to see kind of what those lineups look like. I know what our pitching staff is going to look like. Apparently, all of a sudden you're seeing guys that, uh, first of all, didn't have a breaking ball. Now all of a sudden they have a breaking ball. Um, the guys that were throwing 94 are now throwing 96, 97. <laughs> Just changing the pitching coach. All of a sudden these guys – Look like major league pitchers. Uh, looks like we have that staff that, you know, you used to see. I remember a few years back, it was the Codswell Series, and uh, Louisville was in the Codswell Series one year, and they just kept bringing in these new guys off, like, relief pitchers that would come in, and every single one of them threw 98. Vandy, same thing. They just have guys that threw 98. And it's like, how don't, why don't we have guys that throw 98? Well, we have guys now. We have arms, and lots of them. Um, so really looking forward to scoring a lot of runs, uh, having some um, crazy good arms. I think everybody's just jonesing for baseball at this point. Um, should be fun. Uh, schedule will be very um, – I. I I kind of equate it to uh, maybe women's basketball a little bit. Like 
you know, Kim Mulkey didn't really schedule too hard of a schedule. Next year, you'll see her schedule like some crazy hard schedule. Like UConn will be on there. All these teams will be on there. Well, I feel like LSU baseball probably was doing the same thing. They didn't have the transfer portal kind of all worked out yet, and they had already put their schedule out, and the schedule looks weak. Um, you have Texas in a midweek, but that's about it. Like, there's no other really tough weekend series before SEC play. So I feel like this – I don't know if we're going to be that tested going into SEC play. So um, one thing to keep an eye out. Um, yeah, I'd love to see a lot more in-state rivalries. Um, I have to look at it again. But I, I want to say some – I want to see some ULLs. I want to see some two lanes um, to kind of get things – get things going. Um, all right. So I'm going to wrap it up. We started, we led off with the court naming, um, should go down tomorrow and be done with this circus that nobody really cares about. And I think everybody's pretty tired of it at this point. Brown Gunter court sounds great. Roll and let's move on. We have bigger fish to fry. We have a basketball team that's struggling. Um, we've been in a negative media cycle for a long, long time with LSU basketball. Let's move on. All these talking heads can go fly a kite. Like, move on. It is what it is. Um, appreciate all you guys for joining us. Uh, go check out our sponsors. We have them at the bottom of the screen. But here is Patrick Michelson of at Bank of England Mortgage. We appreciate it. Uh, B-O-E, southernstates.com. Go call Patrick at 225-810-1805. Lucas Ragusa over at River City's Total Maintenance in the North Shore area. So give him a call, 504-841-3300. Also, courtesy Buick GMC, Brandon Lejan, 337-224-1867. Find the vehicle for you. Fred's in Tigerland. Uh, go check out Fred's oldest college bar since 1982. Bocock Brothers Cigars may have one in a little bit. Uh, go check out BocockBrothers.com. And for that, it has been Matt with One Team, One Podcast. Logan out. Rockin' the boat, you think you